The mistletoe margarita. The Scrooge driver. The North Pole punch. Which drink is best for the holidays? The answer? All of them. And luckily, you can get everything you'll need delivered with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. Whether it's classics like Bullet Bourbon, Don Julio Reposado, or Kettle One, or something new. Fruitcake flavored tequila, anyone? Okay, maybe not that, but you can get the drinks you do want to match any holiday festivity on Drizzly. Sending a gift to your family, friend, or coworker? Hosting some friends for an ugly sweater party? Restocking your bar? You name it, and Drizzly has you covered. Shop curated gift guides, get recommendations from experts, and more on Drizzly. So, what's it gonna be? Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com to choose your drinks today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Hi. Um, so, the start of every season, I've seen and consumed quite a lot of new content. And there's also been the Ukraine versus Russia war that's going on and we haven't talked about it um but during pisces season i've read also a lot but the concept that has been following me for weeks right now is vampires i was of the generation that grew up with twilight not only that i remember that at that time a lot of the books that were vampire themed were written for young adults in particular and I recall one about pirates and vampires. It was very cool, but I realize now how much it's actually romanticized. And the, like the fact that a good looking guy who can kill you is obsessed with you and wants to drink your blood. And the fact that the guy's usually rich, controlling, really old. Uh, you know, now looking back, it looks a bit odd to say the least. Um, after the vampires, at least in Spain and the UK, it was all about dystopian future. And somewhere along those years or before, there were also aliens. I've been more conscious about what I consume and how and when, ever since I read the book called The Use of Trauma Hormones for Emotional Harvesting by Karaf Avniat. I think it's, that's how it's pronounced. Um, while I was reading this book, I was also watching a Chinese TV series about energy vampires and reading a fantasy book that also had vampire characters. And ever since then, I haven't been able to stop about vampires, like, in general. But, I don't know, like, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. So, just trigger warning before you continue with this episode. The title of the book is very self-explanatory. The use of trauma hormones for emotional harvesting. What I've learned from this book is that the so-called elite or parasites, as, as Tabi Luna rightfully calls them, are a group within society that is one, super rich, the kind of rich that you don't even know their name, and two, they are the ones behind the puppets in the different governments and corporations. So they're the the puppeteers of the presidents, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, all these people. Um, and then there's a second group that is even more unknown, and those are the ones that 
actually harvest the fear and chaos and emotional distress energy from what the first group creates. The first group falls under what I call occult shit, so like blood rituals, pedophiles, sex rituals, as well, sometimes together even. Honestly, this makes me want to vomit and it makes my whole body really uncomfortable, so I don't really do much research on that. What has been running through my mind these past weeks, though, has been the second group, because as a human being, doing the occult shit can be understood by the concept of selling yourself to the devil. Also, Dolores Cannon says that if you negate the part of you that is divine, that is from source, from the creator, from God, for long enough and with enough conviction, you eventually become detached from God or the universe. And in the book, they talk about the Jews in occupied Palestine. There's even a part where they explain that Muslims are not really afraid to die, not really. Um, Christians have Jesus waiting for them, but the Jews are the ones that are really afraid due to their history in World War II. That's why they've been targeted, because they are so traumatized for generations upon generations, and it's easier to trigger fear in them. And so with the with enough time and the right trigger, you get unlimited supply of fear. And that was partly why Israel was created. So for the second group, how can you become so disconnected from everything that you become this manipulative? Like, it's almost as if you fear to die. Because if you die, then you go back, like, you disappear. So I think that's why they hold on to life, this kind of life, so tightly. But I just, I can't understand it, honestly. Anyway, the thing is that these people create a fear-based reality for people so that they can feed off their fear and trauma. And like, you could say that they are not human, and I would believe it, but even then, I just find it very disturbing, and I can't even begin to imagine the kind of people or beings that they are. Another thing the book said that I found fascinating in the darkest way possible is that they have been introducing hormones to perfumes and wines. In perfumes, apparently, sometimes they use the hormone of an animal when they are aroused, or maybe they don't use animals and humans instead, I don't know. Uh, But for the wine, they use blood of people who are very, very scared. And to these beings, the more scared you are, the better or the stronger that blood tastes. And they have a way to introduce fear hormones into the oxygen when there's a conflict in, for example, in Jerusalem. So thinking of how I spend my time on what and how, it's becoming extremely important for me because they don't really need the physical form anymore. So when we consume anything, it alters our body and our vibration and we don't really know where those that energy is going. So in other news, Rosalia has come up with an album just recently she has now three. The first one was flamenco, like very purely flamenco sounds. 
the second one was called El Mal Querer, The Bad Loving Translated, and it's based on a story that you can hear and feel when you listen to both the sounds and the lyrics. However, she mixed it with flamenco music and she was heavily criticized for doing so. I was born in the south of Spain where flamenco was popularized by the gypsies. Some of the critique that Rosalia has had is that she's not gypsy and she's singing something that's not from her culture. She's from Barcelona, but a lot of people from Andalusia migrated to Catalonia for a better future back in the day. And I think the issue is not that she's doing something that's not from her culture. I think it's always important to give credit when it's due. And if you really go back in history, you notice that black people, enslaved people in Spain and gypsies were like the lowest class back when colonialism and all that shit started. And unfortunately, they still are to some degree. Having traveled and listened to different musics, I just can't help but notice the similarities between the way black people use the drums and the way flamenco dancers use claps, the, the clapping. I watched a documentary in which a gypsy guy said that they touch the skin of the drums the way we touch our own skin um, and also the way we play out in the streets, in groups, in community, the way we sing. Um, if you also listen to how the Quran is recited, for me it reminds me a lot of how Menko music is sung, all that emotion and feeling, and obviously that comes from the Moors. So I don't think it's that she's doing something that's not from her culture, because at the end of the day, the issue is that we are paying so much attention to her but there's people who have been doing it for years and we don't really know them that much. So I think that's why there was so much backlash from from the flamenco community in general. However, she has given flamenco credit. Uh, at least as I've seen in most interviews, she always mentions where she's from and her influences. And in general, I really like her. I like that she's loyal to her flamenco roots, no matter if she's doing bulerías, bachata, reggaeton. Like, she always adds a little bit of flamenco. And I also love how detailed her music videos are and her lyrics and the beats. Like, my neurodivergent brain really enjoys those offbeat motorbike sounds and auto-tune when you don't expect it. Um, however, this last album is quite different and it gives me all the Illuminati slash occult shitty vibes. Like the colors, the symbols she used in the TikTok live, the way she uses autotune. In this one, it's a lot more like disruptive, more eerie, more non-organic. And to be fair, she said in a tweet like a few years ago that when she was famous, she wanted to create dumb shit and watch people eat it up. And just so you guys know, her father or someone in her family has a marketing company or something like that. And sure, she has talent, but also just keep in mind that most people that sing flamenco do it like her. Like It's not that her voice is super special. 
But I think her talent comes from mixing and adapting the roots of flamenco to new influences. When she performs, she reminds me a lot of Beyoncé and all of these pop stars. But again, with that flamenquito yole. I think this could be said about a lot of artists and people in the public eye. But especially after reading that book about emotional harvesting, when I listen to her music now, I choose to be excited about what I said earlier. Like the different drums for my neurodivergent brain. And I also see it as a performance. And in terms of the lyrics, I refer back to the tweet that she said, you know, um, that she would do just dumb shit and watch people eat it. Uh, for the occult shit, I think that if you become aware of what it is and you're not just watching and absorbing everything mindlessly, it loses its power. At least I tell myself that if I see through things, <clears throat> they shouldn't affect me as much, I think. And at least I have a say with my free will to either absorb it or deny it. So that's what I tell myself anyway. I don't know if that's accurate, but um, I think I've said it before, but when th big things happen, I like to take a few steps back and see it from a bigger perspective. Palestine and Cuba and all of the other wars that have been going on. Um, so with this Russia versus Ukraine, which is really US versus China, I watched a video that explained how all empires have like a cycle, 250 years, give or take. Um, also, Pluto return is happening for the US this year. And look at what the countries are saying now that the COVID is done and what the countries are doing behind the scenes, you know? What does this have to do with Rosalia? Well, the theme and aesthetic with the last album is somewhat quote-unquote Asian, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I just, I think that the new world order is going to be China. Like, China is going to be in power. And I don't know how the future is going to look. But to put it into a even bigger perspective, we are all here on Earth. There's duality. There's karma. I personally believe we are here to learn. And to learn what? Whatever your soul needs. I think it differs from person to person. And this is just like a reminder for myself and whoever is listening to be aware of everything that is going on and to be aware of what you are consuming. These past few years I've learned to live with very little and live a very simple life. There are still luxuries that I still consume and parts of society that I have to um, take part of but with this new system that is coming in I'm trying to become a lot more self-sufficient for example just one of just two things that I'm doing uh, the first one is trying to grow some food even though I'm in a big city but I'm just I'm trying 
and the second is downloading my books and art and music and films to my drive so that whatever happens it's not I'm not saying it's gonna happen but whatever happens I'm prepared and I'm somewhat self self-sufficient I don't have to rely on the internet so much and also the vampire thing is still in the back of my mind with every interaction that I do right now I 100% believe that energy vampires are a thing and you could see it from the perspective of narcissism or just toxic behavior in general so I'm becoming extra careful about who I share my energy with and not only with who but also how I share my energy sometimes we don't really think about how our energy can affect other people but we are all connected and energy is the only exchange that really happens so I'm just becoming really aware of it um yeah that's all for today thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon